New card. What do you think? Get over here! That man is playing Galaga. I understood that reference. You shall not pass! So say we all. So say we all. Run with me. It's adamantium tasting time, boys. Well, maybe it's your number one. All wings report in. Welcome to your weekly interval. This is the Best Damn Nerd Show. I'm your host, Mike Pronochimus, James Kincaid. With me tonight, Imperial Commissar Jeff Budd. Hey, guys. Welcome back. And also rejoining the show, Chief Science Officer of Star Labs, Mark Truex. It's so great to see Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> missed you. <laughs> Wait, have you been doing the show, Mark? He's doing a couple, I think. <laughs> Specifically told you not to. I'm just into Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm only here because of my Ultra Monthly co-host. Great. Well, welcome, welcome back to the two hosts of the Ultra Monthly podcast, deigning us worthy of their presence here on the on the Best Damn Nerd Show. It's it's been a minute. Uh, how you guys been? What have you been up to? Man, nothing but nerdy. Not only have I started reading the second Tarzan novel. Uh, the oh, how do you like of- it? Yeah, you know he's 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 branching out. But he's also like yeah. gallivanting as like an FBI spy in like Saudi it's Arabia, and Morocco. I don't yeah. understand what's happened to the Jungle Man. Uh, now he's all like sleuthing in Egypt, and like I'm not sure where it's going. But he makes some serious enemies in that book. Enemies yes, that will last multiple novels. Yeah, because people keep trying to you know mess around with him, and then he goes all crazy ape man and kills him. Can't help. He himself. still doesn't understand society. Yeah. That gray-eyed bastard just choking. He and doesn't slamming. even have uh, like, his inheritance yet. Uh, he, he gave it away. Announced it, right? Yeah, he gave it to William. He announced it. Spoiler. Thanks. Only on book two. Blood. <laughs> um. Yeah, he gave it to William at the end of book one. Oh, uh, I thought you said you were meaning he gets his inheritance back. Does it come back to him? Have you he watched back a single Africa? fucking movie? <laughs> I've seen one, but you can't trust the movies. He ends up with Jane. Jane's not good for him. Who do you think he ends up with? That brunette chick with I'm the evil brother? Yeah, I hope so. Because she's apparently Foxy. Olga, Dude, or so whatever her Jane. name is. Mm. Jane's a hot piece. Jane is incredibly hot because she constantly gets kidnapped by guys that want to... Dude, she doesn't know her way the early 1900s. <laughs> she's not a right fit for him. I think she's a great fit for him. Tarzan no, she's and Jane? Out for money. Like, isn't that the point? No. Isn't that the That's co- his Dejah Thoris. <laughs> Isn't that like the Perry? Mark? That's what Disney would have you believe. All right. Well, I feel I, I just feel like that's kind of what common knowledge of Tarzan that. is. That's fair. Hey, I'm only like midway through book two of 25. So it is exciting. Oh, man, you're in for a treat, though. Those were so I, much fun to read. I am enjoying the Tarzan again. So I'm definitely going to have to uh, get some of the old comic books, too. You know, I'm a picture guy. Nice. <laughs> I yeah. have um, I have a hardcover comic of the first book which is really good that's how i first read it actually before i actually picked up the novels when i was much younger it was really cool i will say the novels are are great i like the uh the uh the language being used and and how like the scenes get painted and things like that um pretty quick reads i mean they're like i mean they're pulp books right 200 pages basically something like that so so they are pretty quick reads and you know i found a bunch of them when we were at a san diego comic fest last year right before shutdown nice. um, <laughs> the last weekend before shutdown. that's right yeah. yes got a whole bunch of those and some john carter books and so Have now you've been I'm reading the john carter haven't yet i haven't oh. yet i almost started john carter and i was like i gotta go tarzan too no tar tarzan's the better way to start but um i'm curious to see what you think of john carter you've seen the movie with taylor kitsch right once and I know how much Emma you love the movie Taylor Battleship, That's right. which has both Tarzan and John Carter in it as which brothers. Which is crazy, playing brothers. <laughs> I, know, I know. I, I love it. <laughs> if they what? ever do the shared universe, just cast the two of them again. I know. Oh, yeah, and we you really... had Margot Robbie as Jane? Was she? Was she? Really? Yeah. See, in the Tarzan movie. Yeah. Didn't know that. I just remember Alexander Skarsgård's crazy nooks. Well, yeah, yeah I, I thought that was so cool how they did that. Yeah, how he had, like, all this <laughs> evolution. 
All right, yes, yeah, so in his you one generation that, oh, oh, on there's, the uh, there's a dog in Africa. <laughs> you saw then that he he had his estate, estate, and he was going by Lord Greystoke, and then he was just like, "Screw this! I don't want to do it anymore. I want to go have fun in Africa again." But it seemed like the rest of it is basically all of book one, and then what they just sum up the rest of the twenty five books in like ten minutes of the movie. Sir, that's why I thought they were just trying discussing. to put a bow on it for Hollywood. No, 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 no. All right, he's going to constantly be going back and forth between England and Africa, mm, and Paris, two lives, and Morocco. I guess that's Africa. And also, <laughs> I don't, he ends up fighting fucking dinosaurs. All right, so I mean, what? It, it's Tarzan. That's like Spoilers. one of my favorite books. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> the problem is some of the titles are so generic, so I don't remember which one it is. I don't know if it's like Tarzan <laughs> the Terrible or Tarzan like the Angry or something like that. <laughs> There's like five of them in a row that just have titles like that. Is that like when he Tarzan and the Ant Men? I remember what that story is about. I heard that one's good. That one's great. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I won't say anything. I'm sorry. I'm already dropping too many spoilers. I'm excited that somebody else is reading Tarzan. Yeah. So right now I'm on Return of Tarzan. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's really, it feels like it's kind of gone off the rails just because there's been no jungle halfway through the book and he's gallivanting as like a spy. Dude, he does all sorts of crazy shit. Yes, he does. Yeah. He's adapted very well in his two years in civilization. Very very smart superhuman well i mean he he taught himself to read and write english yes didn't know how to say it i know and then he learned how to speak french and none of it made sense well it's crazy but he pulled himself up by the bootstraps how long is each book like 200 short. yeah yeah short. Nice. pretty quick it's like 26 chapters and 200 pages it's uh yeah it's pretty intense <laughs> it kind of goes quick yeah awesome delightful anyway that's what i've been up to falling deep into the tarzan i need more old stuff Excellent. you'd appreciate let's it, do a yeah. tarzan episode we should i, I like well i meant on guy. ultra monthly <laughs> i was gonna well, say we could get that guy from comic-con several years ago we'll say <laughs> malibu guests. comics did some tarzan runs malibu they had, comics did they had, a, they had a couple uh tarzan books i think like two or three i've oh, read so. uh hmm. Is it Dark Horse that did it? I forget who I've read, but I, yeah, I like the Tarzan comics too. Uh, well, wow. welcome back, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Professor Chris Davis will be joining us later on in the program. We think uh, I've been wrong before, but uh, hopefully he will he will be on. But last week he was disparaging Ghost of Tsushima and the haiku uh element in the game and so that oh yeah he's playing isn't he yeah he is i saw that on my playstation (laughs) so that that devolved into uh us putting out there the suggestion uh in the discord bestdamnerdshow.com slash discord for uh for for all the for everyone to compose their own haiku haiku about the show uh only a few submissions so far I, i would like to i would like to see uh see those rookie numbers get bumped up a little bit but mark submitted to uh so i I appreciate uh the chief science officer for that uh and let's see we have uh strata keys who submitted one he says uh a weekly podcast discussing nerdy topics james hates everything uh and i I appreciate that (laughs) as the the first submission and of gatekeeping (laughs) i i am Absolutely, and then Mark, you submitted too. Uh, you, Mark, I'll let you go go ahead and read them since the since it's your work. My first one was inspired one James Kincaid. Uh, that is, Marvel is a joke. Of this, we can all agree. I don't go to laugh. That might be That's my favorite one. one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> very good yeah, mark really channeled it you, deep you you, you deep. get you get the headband of stoicism <laughs> that's right and then the one for myself of course because how could i write one for james without gracing myself uh mark returns tonight for your ears he speaks his truth now that's news to me <laughs> shameless plug well done <laughs> Well, well done, Marco. Uh, yeah, so keep uh, keep pumping out those haikus, everybody. Bestdamnerdshow.com slash Discord. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to getting an update on Davis on how far he is in Ghost of Tsushima. 
Uh, there's a quest line I want him to experience, but he is not was not there yet last Which week. Which one? He's not here to. Uh, the one with uh, Jin's caretaker, the old woman. Oh, I, I really like that one. And, Jeff is uh, unimpressed with that side quest. Yeah, kind of. Really, I I, I, love no, that I one. liked it just fine. But I was like, oh, that's the one you're looking forward to. Doing. Well, because because we were we were talking about sort of like the the storytelling in the game and everything like that, and he was comparing it to The Witcher and was sort of just you know uh, was underselling Ghost of Tsushima, and and I think that uh, by comparing it to The Witcher, The Witcher's a popular game series. No, we no he's no he's saying that Witcher was because I I've I started playing Witcher three and he's was just sort of saying that oh that game's way way better than Ghost of Tsushima and was sort of shitting on Ghost of Tsushima in comparison to the Witcher. Well, I don't know Witcher three might be better. It might be. I I can't I couldn't speak to it because I just started so I, I'm barely into it. But uh, I really enjoyed Ghost of Tsushima so I I hope that it sort of kicks into high gear. Uh, for him, uh, I want to spend the rest of this segment uh, talking about the unfortunate passing of Norm McDonald, uh, one of the all time great comedians. And I think a favorite of most everyone on this show, uh, Jeff, I know you and I have shared you know, bits of his together over the years and just, you know, a lot of laughs. Uh, Mark, I believe you are a big fan as well of his. Uh, and I know Davis and John were too. So, but yeah, I was, I was sort of blown away when I, when I saw the news. Um, and I think Jeff, I think you were the first person that even pointed out like the, I didn't even know he was sick, which was a deadpan line that Norm gave when talking about Adolf Hitler. And, but it was apropos. I had no idea that he was sick. A private battle with cancer, Norm McDonald, uh, passed away. Mark, your sort of, I guess, uh, reaction, just your thoughts about the talent that he was. I was blown away to hear that he passed. I mean, he always felt like he was one of those comedians that everyone dug. I, I, I haven't come across anyone that's like, ah, no, I'm not into him or anything. You know, he always tickled everyone the right way with his super dry sense of humor. And it's, for for me, <laughs> right, uh, Dirty Work was incredibly yeah. influential in young Mark. I mean... Uh, the Saigon whore that bit my nose off <laughs> worked its way into my vernacular as a child. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> like, I remember. And I, I absolutely love that movie. And, and uh, like Screwed was great. Uh, of course, all the Saturday Night Live bits. Oh, yeah. And it, it it's really sad to see him go. And, and I definitely re-owe uh, a watching to Dirty Work once again. That's a classic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, how about you? Um, obviously, yeah, I was surprised to hear that he went since none of us knew that, um, he had been battling that for over a decade. Uh, the best part of this is just all of the different bits that everybody's been sharing online and talking about. And I've been like taking a stroll down memory lane, clicking on different links. I loved all of his appearances on, um, Dennis Miller's radio show. And then anytime he guest spotted, or not guest spot, but it was a guest on either Conan O'Brien or David Letterman. I think those were the three guys that were the best when it came to um, having him be a guest on their show because they would kind of just let him do his thing. Didn't try to like get in on the act or, or kind of cut him off or interrupt or anything like that. Just appreciate Norm. Let him do his long form storytelling. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be hysterical. And just let him have the spotlight. Um I was trying to think of like some bits that I really liked with the Dennis Miller one that I was listening to just a couple hours ago. I loved when he was doing the ventriloquist dummies. Oh my and, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and one of the dummies, this old man and Norm's like, you know, I'm sick of this character. Uh, Cause he's a Holocaust denier. It's like, <laughs> and it's not even hateful. He's just ignorant. <laughs> and then he was having him talking to the phone. <laughs> it's just so great. And then uh, I'm. Oh, what was the other thing that I really liked? One joke that always stood out to me was him talking about how if you could travel back in time and kill Adolf Hitler, he wouldn't want to be given the position because he's afraid that he wouldn't get the job done because he had heard so much about Adolf Hitler being so charismatic that he was afraid that he would travel back in time, be ready to assassinate him, accidentally hear one of his speeches and fall under his skull <laughs> and end up becoming one of his like most trusted lieutenants and he's like put a bullet in his head yeah maybe in the bunker so the soviets can't capture 
his uh, <laughs> his feud with John Lovitz was also hilarious too. Talking about beating John Lovitz in tennis, and you know, just going out there in jeans. And John Lovitz has been working like a tennis <laughs> pro for months on end. Talking about how good at tennis he is, and, and Norm just just rolls out there in like a leather jacket and jeans and kicks Lovitz's ass. Uh, I mean. His he was the master of just the the deadpan delivery, and he just he just keeps plowing right ahead in these convoluted, long winded stories. That I mean that that's he could make just such a stupid punchline so funny because part part of the hilarity was this absurd journey that he took you on to get there to get to just like such a like a simple throwaway joke, uh, but he he did it with such just his unique style that that made it just so infinitely funny and his. I mean, probably the greatest weekend update guy ever. Uh, his his OJ Simpson uh, jokes. <laughs> I mean, just awesome his job. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're they're amazing. And uh, you know, one of the clips I saw going around was when it was Charles Woodson had won the Heisman Trophy and he was hosting the ESPYS. It's like, ah, first defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. It's something that can never take away from you unless you kill your wife and a waiter. And it's just, I mean, he, he was no holds barred. I mean, him on the view talking about I didn't know Hillary Clinton, you know, have somebody murdered and just Barbara Walters reaction to it. Yeah. She tried, uh, she tried to shoot that down. God. Uh, I mean, he it was a matter of public record. Yeah. He, he was just amazing. Uh, I'm going to loop in uh, professor Chris Davis now to, to get in on the act here. Uh, Davis, uh, we're talking Norm McDonald. Welcome to the show. Uh, oh, your no. your Norm memories as we're trying to uh, honor the tragically passed comedian. Oh, first of all, man, man, that was that actually hit me. It was, that was hard. Uh, I yeah. love Norm McDonald, and I will say most of it is from Saturday Night Live. But Dirty Work is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> And I'm sure you guys have already talked about it. I don't know everything you guys have said, uh, but I will say uh, a lot of my pre driver's license days was listening to Napster downloaded celebrity <laughs> jeopardy oh, <laughs> yeah. clips. And we would listen to them over and over as we played video games. We'd hung, hang out in my room. We'd, we'd watch, uh, we'd listen to those clips. We just laugh our ass off. And, uh, Norm Macdonald was a huge part of that. And from what I've been reading, he was might have been the reason why that sketch started, just so he could do that character. I don't know how true that is. Uh, you know, a lot of things have come out since his death, but uh it's just he's just an incredibly funny dude. And he I, I heard the end of what you were saying, but like one of his jokes that is very well known, the moth joke. Yeah, he he, he yeah. will just he will just drag it out, and you're just waiting for a punchline. You're waiting for a punchline. You're waiting for a punchline, and he just keeps going, and and he's so good at that, just drawing you in, and just making you wait for it. And sometimes he doesn't even deliver. It's just yeah, there. So, he just leaves it there. The uh, Bob Saget roast too is another oh, yeah. one where he purposefully just telling these old timey jokes just to pop the comedians into fly in the face of the producers who told them to be like extra raunchy at this roast. And uh, the, the other, the, I think the underrated part of that is if, if you watch it all the way through, he gets very poignant with, with Bob Saget at the end too, and actually just wanted to pay tribute to his friend and somebody that he admired. And, and Norm definitely had that side of him too. Um, and I'm going to play a clip to close this segment uh, that uh, will show that as well. His last appearance on David Letterman, uh, we'll, we'll throw that on, which is w one of my favorite bits that Norm did comedically, but also I think just showed sort of the depth of human being th that he was as well. Uh, just a couple other ones, because Jeff, I think you and I spent like a good part of a trip that you spent in San Francisco. We were just listening and watching Norm clips yeah. <laughs> one time. <laughs> and uh, one of them that you turned me on to was, was an appearance on Conan. Norm uh, was somebody from Melrose Place that was yeah. doing a movie with yeah. Carrot Top. With Carrot Top. Yeah. And just Norm completely taking over the interview, calling the movie Box Office Poison. <laughs> <laughs> chairman of the board spelled B-O-R-E-D. Like, do yourself a favor. Just, just look up all these bits. Uh, he was like people throw around all all these things you know when when people pass away and stuff. But Norm McDonald really was just an incredibly unique 
comedian. I mean, I've not really seen anybody quite like him that could get me to laugh the way that he does. Like the the path of travel with Norm, the deadpan, <laughs> the the just absurd, convoluted storytelling and stuff like that. He's so good. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this segment by playing. This is his last when David Letterman was ending uh, his run. As a talk show host, this was uh, Norm Macdonald's appearance on one of his final shows, and uh, it was uh, it, I. I watch it regularly, like you know, every year, just because I think it's super funny and is very poignant. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, something exciting. Our, our next guest made his uh, stand-up debut. I did not remember that. This man began his television stand-up debut with us 25 years ago. Didn't know that. Week. I didn't know that. Very talented actor. Nobody funnier. Ladies and gentlemen, Norm MacDonald. Thanks, guys. Listen, I don't want to brag or anything, but uh, me and Oprah are making the same money tonight. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the show has loosened up considerably. I noticed <laughs> I was watching Oprah and uh, Dave talking about weed and booze. And <laughs> I've never, I don't do either of those. The hardest drug I ever did, LSD. <laughs> and... Uh, I remember as a kid, I was like 16, and I remember they told, warned me, they said, hey, you gotta be careful with that LSD on account of you can get a flashback. 10 years can go by, 20 years, 30 years, and a flashback will happen. So I thought, hey, that seems like a good deal. <laughs> you, know, you, you tell me I buy a drug for $5, I eat it, I get high, and then 20 years later, I get high again? <laughs> That's not the point. I like to stretch my drug dollar. The point is this. <laughs> 10 years have passed, 20 years have passed, 30 years have passed, and no flashbacks. What a jip that turned out to be. <laughs> Just more horse <laughs> by the big ass. <laughs> That's all it is. But I can't believe it's been a quarter century since I made my television debut. It was all different back then. You know, it was back then, I remember if you wanted to take a picture, you would use a camera. <laughs> Not a telephone. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you used a telephone, people would look at you odd. <laughs> you know that? Just stay still, I guess. <laughs> what about in the old days when they took pictures of you way, way back, you know, where they pulled that thing and it exploded and stuff? <laughs> I got a picture of my great-grandfather. The thing took six hours uh, to take your picture, and uh, it was a picture of my great-grandfather, one. They only had, every guy had one picture back then. <laughs> and it's just him, like... I gotta get back, feed them hogs. <laughs> Who's gonna feed the hogs? <laughs> Somebody gotta feed them hogs. Now, in the future, of course, it'll be different. 50 years from now, people will be going like, hey, you wanna uh, see 100,000 pictures of my great-grandfather? <laughs> I got him right here, plus everything he did every day of his life. <laughs> hey, this occurred to me today. Uh, ID, ID, which I had to show it again. There's a strange abbreviation when you think about it. I is short for I. <laughs> and then D is short for dentification. <laughs> They could have split that one up a little better, you know? 
But I watch the TV, I watch the news, make you afraid the news, you know? Put all these stories on, Iraq, Iran, North Korea, you know, try to scare you, you know? But does it ever really scare you? Like, you ever wake up in the middle of the night, ah, North Korea! <laughs> that little tiny country. <laughs> I wonder if they can get me. <laughs> Didn't MASH settle that like 20 years ago? <laughs> Why do I have to watch that stupid show? <laughs> there is one country that worries me, though. Not Iraq, not Iran, not North Korea. The only country that really worries me is uh, the country of Germany. I don't know if you guys are history buffs or not, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. century, Germany decided to go to war. And uh, who did they go to war with? The world. <laughs> that had never been tried before. <laughs> and uh, so you figure that would take about five seconds for the world to win, but uh, no, it was actually close. <laughs> And uh, Germany decides again to go to war again. It chooses as its enemy the world. <laughs> and this time they have that guy, Schrankly, Schrankly, that guy. And I'm not even going to dignify him by saying his name, but I think mean, you know what I'm <laughs> But you'd think at that point the world will go, listen, Germany. Here's the deal. You don't get to be a country no more on account of you keep attacking the world. I mean, what, do you, what do you think? You're Mars or something? Anyways, listen, folks, this will be my last time on uh, the David Letterman show, I understand. <laughs> And you know, you know, you guys, we all know that David Letterman was the greatest talk show who, uh, host who ever lived. But I... I remember Dave differently because the first time I saw him, I was 13 years old. I was living in... Uh, <laughs> 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 I was living in Toronto, Canada, and I went to a talk show they had there, and uh, David Letterman was the stand-up comedian on the show, and uh, I loved stand-up, and David Letterman did this joke that I told everybody this joke. I love this joke. It still uh, stays with me. It was my favorite stand-up joke ever, so I'd like to do it for you if you'd like to hear it. He goes, um, I, uh, I, I was on the street the other day, and uh, I, uh, I saw a garbage truck, and on the back of the garbage truck, there was a small sign that said, please do not follow too closely. <laughs> Another of life's simple pleasures, ruined by a meddling bureaucracy, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> When Dad would pile the kids in the station wagon and we'd all go out and follow a garbage truck. <laughs> so anyways, I'd just like to say I know that uh, Mr. Letterman is uh, 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 not for the mockish and uh, he, has, uh, he has no truck for the sentimental, but if something is true, it is not sentimental and I say in truth, I love you. Oh, my God. Very funny, Norm, and thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Norm MacDonald, ladies and gentlemen. That was very sweet, Norm. Good night, everybody.
old chunk of coal was a special talent. Norm McDonald was 61. Rest in peace. We'll be back on the other side. Best damn nerd show. Hey everyone, Chris Seglia here, CEO of the Tenno Media Network. I would like to say thank you for checking out one of our podcasts, but we need your help. You can support Tenno in a multitude of ways. By going to our website and checking out our latest podcasts, by buying some sweet merch, joining our Discord, or getting early and exclusive access to all content via our Patreon. Your support means the world to us, and you can find everything on our website, www o.gg that's ten-o.gg thank you again and now back to the show it's the microphone alchemist bimbo jimbo here and when i'm not verbally super kicking last jedi fans on the best damn nerd show or fantasy casting the rock in another movie on the dlc well that's when i actually get to talk about wrestling that's right come join me in the wrestling war room where i take my mic to the mat and launch my hot takes about the Wednesday Night War between AEW and NXT. The Wrestling War Room, which side are you on? Hey, hey nerd, Loremaster Tim here, and I've come with a rather indecent proposal. We want you to join in the conversation. If you aren't already a member of our Discord, what are you even doing? You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TheBDNS. And if you're crazy, odds are we'll talk about it on the show. So we'll get kooky, and above all, let's get nerdy. Hey, you. This is Sweet Johnny Cage from Tenno. I'm here to tell you about the next big thing coming in hot from our production house. It's called the Game Club Podcast. Join me and our diverse panel of game masters as we discuss our experiences playing some of our favorite video games. Whether it's a remake of a classic game from our childhoods, a game we might have missed during the height of its release, or a brand new title that tickled our collective fancy, you're sure to love what we have to say. Who knows, maybe you'll learn something about a game you never considered playing. I know I have. Find us on Spotify under Game Club today. Welcome back to the Best Damn Nerd Show. James Kincaid alongside Jeff Budd, Chris Davis, and Mark Truex. And I want to get in particular, Davis and I have had uh, a week since we gave our initial reactions to the news about the Knights of the Old Republic remake. Uh, but we didn't have two other, you know, big big fans of the game series uh, weigh in. That's Jeff and Mark. So Mark, let's, let's start with you. Your, your reaction when you hear that they, they're full blown remake Knights of the old Republic, not, not just a remaster, but they are remaking the game. What, what is your sort of reaction to that? Maybe, maybe they'll change the twist Mark. So your, your brother won't spoil this one for you. So I don't, so everything that's said out there is that they're not going to change the story, which how could you? I know Disney probably wants to because that's what they do. They like to reinvent their canon. But the story is so great. And that's what made that that uh, game phenomenal. And the way they're talking about the remake and redoing some of the engines and the graphics, like could use it for a modern audience. Like what I like to imagine is they just take the vocal tracks and just literally rebuild the world and that's what i wanted to and it's like the fighting style might be more mass effect style versus the turn-based rolling of dice and stuff you know what i mean where you yeah. still have your trio going around the different worlds and exploring you pick your crew but the level of interactivity in the action is a little more captivating uh, so that's what i'm hopeful on well so i'm gonna play I, I mean, I mean, they're they're redoing the voice acting because they announced that they're bringing the voice actress Jennifer Hale that played Bastila. So we're getting we're getting new new dialogue and stuff like new that. Blood. Yeah, mm. I, I so I'm not I mean, on the one hand, it's exciting that Jennifer Hale is coming back. But on the other hand, what if everybody doesn't come back? I can't imagine somebody else voicing Jolie Bindo. Uh, but Jeff, what is what is your reaction to the, the KOTOR remake? Um, I'm excited about it. I kind of want to get a PlayStation 5 for that and that Harry Potter game now. Um, they they have to re-record because they're going to maybe not change the overall story, but I mean, they're going to add other side quests. They're going to have surprises so that like people who have played it plenty of times before, you know, it's still going to be a new experience. I kind of agree um, with what Mark was saying that, yeah, I don't know if... Uh, Mass Effect would even be the way to say it. Maybe it's even going to be more interactive than that, but it would be kind of cool to do like real-time lightsaber fights. Maybe they'll they'll incorporate some of the stuff from Kator 2 where you can do the different uh, lightsaber styles, and maybe that'll change things up. 
Um, I don't think they really need to change the story that much, even to help the Disney canon, because I thought that was the whole purpose of setting it so far back in time that, you know, it's sort of irrelevant what happens in the Couture games. It, it doesn't impact any of the movies and the, the mm-hmm. shows now and all that. I mean, will they do something? Yeah, maybe, but I, I'm not as worried as other Couture fans are. I think people just, you know, their hackles are always up whenever they hear that Disney's doing something. It's just, I mean, this is fun. It's just, you know, new people get to play Couture. I, I still like the old version of playing it, but I understand that, you know, modern audience doesn't want that. And there were plenty of people at the time who didn't like that kind of uh, play style. Sure. Yeah. I, I do agree with like how far back the story is allows itself to just kind of stay intact because it's not going to impact much difference on what's happening now. Yeah. yeah. Per se in storytelling. I'm going to see Poe Dameron show up in this game exactly. or anything like that. I know. Uh, I want to say it was about two years ago. I was up at a, a beer festival in Canada and met one of the original owners of Bioware that created and, and set off on Knights of the Old Republic and came up with the story and everything in there. And I was just blown away because that was such a big game to me. So I had to buy him a beer, sit down, talk about it. And he was revealing how when they were initially tasked and were allowed to play in the Old Republic, that was like the only setting they were given. The only constraints they had is that if they wanted to blow up a planet, they had to get an approval on what planet it was first. And that's <laughs> it. They could, do, they could do anything else they wanted in the story. It's just like, you just need to let us know if you're going to destroy a planet. We need to know and give approval. That's pretty and good. That's it. And I was like, well, you guys did a great job. <laughs> like, you guys did an amazing, amazing story. And I, I mean, I had never heard of Terrace before KOTOR anyway. I'm pretty sure they invented it for the game. Yeah, but I'm not not <laughs> not 100% certain. That's that's freaking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I hope it, I hope it's I hope it's awesome. I hope they don't really change too much to the story. That's really my my only main concern in getting a remake uh, would be them making changes, you know, big changes to the story or the characterizations of of anyone. Um, oh, major concern though is going to Manan with updated graphics. Like that's creepy as fuck. I don't like underwater levels. <laughs> I don't want to walk around with the sharks and have to press the shock button and everything. I, I just well, I hate that fucking planet. As long you know, what, it, it's. Ugh. I'm glad nah. you brought that up though, because if they could, if they could maybe uh, I don't know make that playthrough a little bit more dynamic in terms of uh, the, the movement trial. And stuff like that. That trial uh, and the murder investigation on Dantooine. Wake me up when we're done. I, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I want to go dark side on Dantooine just to fucking falsely accuse somebody. I'm on my way to fight you, honey. I don't have time for this shit. The Sandrals and the, what was it? The Sandrals and the Metallis. Oh, the, the Romeo and Juliet bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> also, are, like, can we make it so that the dark side isn't such a, a fucking cringy choice when it comes to all of the? I think on both. Things, really, like, do I have to be like such an over asshole when it comes to the dark side stuff? Can I just be, <laughs> I don't know, somewhat selfish or trying to cut corners? Well, and even as for opposed the light to, side. How can I <laughs> administer as much suffering as possible for everybody at all times? <laughs> and uh, the I, masters on Dantooine, they're like, ah, well, fuck it, we have no choice. <laughs> I, I we gotta do think just that, let yeah. him keep going on a quest. Maybe if they add more sort of a gradient of choices, which is there's like the super duper light side, which is like, yeah, no, you don't have to give me any credits for this quest. And then there's like maybe something it's like you're you're give generous credits. or like, you know, uh, you know, selfless as opposed to just literally penniless, uh, you know, for because some of that gear in that game gets pretty expensive. And yeah, the dark side gradient where you can do something assholeish, but that's not inherently just like the embodiment of evil, but still have that option if, if you wanted to go that route, I think would be fun. And just some of it was so cringy. It was like, all right, I get it. I, I do like that uh, the further you go, like opening up options like to force choke and, and stuff like oh, that yeah. was, was always uh, was always cool. I, I feel like uh, they could maybe add some more sort of options for light side as well as, as you get deeper into, into that tree and stuff like that. But Davis, you've had a week to sit on it. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to don't go revisit it on your mobile device. I tried after we <laughs> talked didn't... about it. It was not a good decision. <laughs> it's, it's not a pleasurable playthrough. Make sure you have a controller, a bigger TV, and then you might like it again. So uh, I, I, I'm hoping that uh, the younger generation that may have been introduced that way 
gets a second chance God in help a better him. way. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> no, but it's, it's uh, you know, it's something that I am still excited for because it is KOTOR and it's hopefully, you know, the same major story plots and I just want them to update it and do right by it, but I just don't think they will. It's just, I, think, uh, I, I don't think they can recapture the magic that was the original. Well, I mean, that that's a tough one because, yeah. I mean, you know the twist and everything like that, but I mean, are you worried about anything as far as plot integrity or anything like that? Uh, no, I, I think it would be more so just how they deliver the story. Okay. Uh, like we we know we know the plot twist, and I I do hope they keep that for the newer players that don't know it because I think that was amazing and everybody should get to have that reveal for themselves. But uh, I mean, it took a lot to really build up to that and to really lull you to sleep to not know what's going on. I mean, it was I, I never knew that was coming. I never had a hint. And yes, I was younger, but I was still in my teens to recognize what could be coming. Best video game plot twist ever. It was awesome. (laughs) I I, I I just, I I, I think there's too much now that they, they try to hint towards. I think uh, the most exciting thing about this, and Davis and I touched on this a little bit last week, but if this is successful, which I I certainly think it will be, is he gives KOTOR 2 another shot, probably, you know, so for that to come out as a more polished finished product, uh, would be very exciting to me because KOTOR 2 certainly had a lot of things that it added that were were great, but there were things that there were some dead ends that you felt like, ah, this got rushed and if only they had more time. And I feel like if this comes out as a success, I do feel like they would move forward with the KOTOR 2 remake and we would get the, the full thing. And, and I said last week, I, I, I believe there are mods out there on like the, cons, uh, the, the computer versions that have done that already, but I, I've never seen it. I've never played it. So I would be interested in, in seeing a, a remade KOTOR 2 that's completely finished for, for us console gamers out there. So uh, I think that would be pretty exciting. All right, next up, I should have uh, I should have asked about this you know, off the air while we were in the break, but do you guys <laughs> care about a, a unsubstantiated Venom Let There Be Carnage spoiler? <laughs> It's just making the rounds online. There's nothing. Is it doesn't matter? I mean, we're still going to watch it, right? Is uh, Spider-Man going to be in the movie? Yeah. Do we get Spider-Man? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm so glad you that's, asked. That's the spoiler, right? So spoiler yeah. alert, everybody. This, this is according this file under, you know, rumor and innuendo. Uh, so uh, apparently at the end, Venom is on the run. Tom Holland comes on the news as, or, you know, Peter Parker, Spider-Man and Venom. He comments, Oh, I hate that guy. And then Venom licks the TV screen and says, but he looks so tasty. And so essentially the, now that's sort of confirming that Venom, this Venom will be entering the, the MCU. That is, that is the, the spoiler as it is going around. Mark, (laughs) you don't look, uh, you look nonplussed, Mark. Yeah. It sounds weak. That I was excited. I was like, "Ooh, Spider Man gets to be in it." It's like, oh, man. I thought that they were going to team up at the end and beat Carnage. I thought that's where you're going with it, but that that just sounds dumb as shit. It sounds like maybe I, I, what I would guess is probably like some type of post credit scene. Yeah, no, that's exactly like that. what it sounds like. Um, but you know, maybe, Ven- maybe this Venom in the MCU. Maybe Nick Fury can be added to it too. I, I don't know when he's appearing next in, a, in an MCU uh, movie. But yeah, just a, just a little minor potential spoiler for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I still haven't even seen the first one, so it didn't really, didn't really bother me at first all. First don't. one. Don't. It, it was worth a watch on a flight. <laughs> it, yeah? You could tell what was going on on a flight TV screen, because that movie was as dark much as, as shit, I needed to. And you couldn't yeah. tell anything that was going on in the battles. It was... Oh, yeah, just Tom brutal. Hardy stuttering around and you know stuff getting and the smashed. Vo- <laughs> I, and the voice for Venom is just stupid. <laughs> it's dumb. I, I I can't stand it. It's like it, it <laughs> like that's the voice you're gonna choose for uh, uh for Venom. Like, it, it it sounds like a, some pretentious teen 
and is just trying to like take over this guy. And that's not how I envisioned Venom, Venom at all. Mark, <laughs> you didn't I don't remember the how the voice sounded. <laughs> I don't remember how the voice sounded. Sorry. Well, I'm sure. Did he ever have a voice? <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Um. Like I mean, yeah. I mean, when he's speaking through the symbiote, it sounds a right. little different, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, not not so much that it would have uh, its own identity. I don't know. Because they like yeah. talk to each, they like talk to each other. Yeah, but I feel like you almost have yeah. to do that. Um, yeah, because so fine. much of a the story would just be him like by himself. So it's sort of like having an internal monologue. I don't know what the voice sounds like because I don't think I ever saw the movie. Watch no, the I trailer. didn't. It's the same yeah. one. They didn't switch it. Ah, so I, I don't know. I don't they they, <laughs> they, <laughs> they decided this was good. We're gonna go there. We're gonna stick with that. And. Uh, does that mean that, that you like uh, Eric Foreman Venom more? No. Yes. That's how. That's how. That's how bad, bad Spider-Man Three was. Yeah. <laughs> see that reserve that deserves a rewatch too. Chris Grace. I think I need to see that again. Sand- Sandman. <laughs> yes, but that's it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Harry Osborn in the cafe. How's the pie? So good. <laughs> no. The seat holds up. The seat holds up. It's great. It's good stuff. <laughs> I like it. The uh, the butler who didn't have you know had like maybe two lines in the other two movies combined and then being the big reveal that's you know green that hit Harry's dad was Green Goblin what a great movie Spider Man three <laughs> all right <laughs> that that's that's enough Venom uh confirmed MCU let's move on <laughs> uh and I want to talk about uh, Dune and the director Dennis Villanueva I'm probably butchering his name but uh, I really like what he had to say in this interview. Uh, Marvel and superhero f- f- hero films turned us into zombies. Uh, he said, Marvel zombies. I love it. Yes, exactly. He's directing it. <laughs> bad, bad, episode, <laughs> bad episode of the Disney Plus What If series, but good take on the copy and paste sort of format of Marvel. Uh, <laughs> so he had this to say, perhaps the problem is that we are in front of too many Marvel movies. There are nothing more than a cut and paste of others. Perhaps these mm. types of movies have churned us into zombies a bit. But big, expensive movies of great value, there are many today. I don't feel capable of being five. pessimistic <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, like, I, mean, I, I, he, I assume he means Dune. And then, like, what else? <laughs> this is like Chris, Chris Evans' movies that he's proud of all over again, trying to, trying to figure out which ones. He went on Cellular. to say... <laughs> yes, push. If we're talking about Marvel, the thing is, all these films are made from the same mold. Some filmmakers can add a little color to it, but they're all cast in the same factory. It doesn't take anything away from the movies, but they are formatted. Um, much more excited for Dune now. I like what this guy's got to say. I'm, I mean, I'm, he's I'm not a... wrong. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I like a lot of the MCU films. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I like that. Totally yeah. It, <laughs> It's a format that works, and I can't blame Hollywood for continuing it. Uh, eventually, I mean, yeah, you know, laws of like diminishing returns, and it can't be the same quality of films that we were getting like what two thousand eight. Is that yeah. how old? Jeez, uh, man, yeah, oh, two, Iron Man's yeah. been around forever. May, right? Yeah, May, and then June was uh, the Incredible Hulk. Crazy, sort of in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I'm excited for Dune. That's where uh, I was going. I'm next. not excited really for anything that's coming out in the MCU. I mean, I love me some Shang Chi. Did you guys yeah. cover Shang Chi? We we did, and it stunk. What? Yeah, not you guys didn't like it. I, I, I didn't see it. Feel like controlling. <laughs> I thought you did see it. Oh man, I was really no, I, hoping. I was really hoping I, I, for uh, you and James Battle right there. That was going to be great. I, I don't I think like Jeff would comics. like it. I like the comics from like the seventies. Yeah, but... Now, now I'm convinced that Jeff would not like. It. <laughs> You're an actual fan of the character, Jeff would be very much so not pleased with. I don't, I don't watch Marvel movies anymore. I just watch uh, Nerd Rotics <laughs> review on it, and then I get the gist. I go, ah, it's not really for me. <laughs> they didn't uh, make this movie for me. But yeah, this guy, this guy, I don't know. He's, uh, he, he, I'm picking up what he's putting down. So I, I'm, uh, I was already excited for Dune. Now I'm even more so. Uh, and in this interview, he also referenced Christopher Nolan and, you know, of, of the prestige 
You called uh, him overrated too. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, no, not not so much. But let's. Uh, I'll dance away from that, that one. asshole, uh, Marco. I know you're also. What's your? Let's let's talk about Dune because that was uh, sort of the where this interview, you know, the genesis of it was from. Your excitement level, the trailers we've seen, and stuff like that. Well, where are you at, Mark? I can't wait for Dune, dude. I'm a oh, Dune yeah. guy right here. I need to see some of that sand action on Arrakis. And uh, <laughs> what I think's happening in this interview with the directors, he's trying to help like hedge it for people that are expecting to come in and just watch a Marvel like action flick. Yeah, for the that's idiots. not where you're gonna get. There's gonna be a lot more depth, intrigue, art, flair, if you would. I mean, if you go back, yeah, he's I the mean, one who cast Jason Momoa, and he, you know, is <laughs> begrudging us for thinking that it's a stupid action movie. That's right. <laughs> yes yeah uh, so if you, you. if you go back to the other uh versions of how this was done i mean there's a lot there's so much to try to unpack in the book that you have to do some artistic craftiness to how to present it on film and oh, yeah. so i think he probably took some gambles and made some unique features that is gonna bore the layman watching it so that's what i think that's why he's giving that interview to say hey this isn't your normal popcorn uh, but you know, open your mind and be open to a new experience, and you can enjoy it too. Spice must flow. That's right. Where, where are you at? MCU, on you, Jeff? MCU must flow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm super excited for it. I love Dune. I read Dune, oh, geez, many years ago. I'm a fan of the the '80s film. Even I, I'm really looking forward to this though. I'm glad that they're taking their time with the story. I like most of the casting. The changes I've heard about, they don't really bother me that much. Uh, I was watching a review yesterday um, from somebody who watched it in Europe, and uh, they said, yeah, it's it's pretty decent, and it's somebody that I trust. So if he liked it, I have a feeling that I'll like it. Excellent. And I love that kid as Paul Atreides. That's exactly how I kind of picture him looks-wise. So that'll be good. I am very much so looking forward to it. I mean, the cast is insane, like just the, the number of, of names they have in it and everything like that. So – uh ladies uh, ladies had a ton of cool people in it <laughs> yeah, you know, I, yeah i'm not i'm not besmirching the 80s one at all but i mean we got jason Momoa, who's essentially roman reigns we got dave batista in there I don't know, i'm pretty i'm pretty uh oh, pretty batista's stoked. gonna be great yeah, yeah i can't I, thanos uh, is in it cool character <laughs> you know freaking thanos it's just like another mcu film i can't <laughs> wait you got Aquaman yeah, and thanos. Po, po dameron's in it you know same formula right <laughs> All Hollywood movies that make or that cost a certain amount of money are MCU films now. <laughs> I assume this is in the MCU. It's like Guardians of the know. Galaxy. Venom actually shows up in the in the end of it, and so we we incorporate it uh, that way. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Dune. Uh, we got let's let's go to the trailer park. We got a couple of uh, of trailers that came out over the week that uh, I wanted to watch with you guys here. Let's start with Disney Plus. The next Marvel series, Hawkeye, released its first trailer. And, well, so we've watched the trailer for Hawkeye. Your reaction, Davis, will start with you. I think I've stopped caring about everything. Didn't I feel like I had a, I feel like that I made me really sad. <laughs> I don't. Oh, man, I have no iota of inkling to want to watch this. Why? Why are we doing a Hawkeye series? Uh, so I'm mad at a Hawkeye series. Kate, Kate Bishop. I'm not. I'm not mad at a Hawkeye series either. I'd rather see uh, Clint Barton though than the passing of the baton to uh, Kate Bishop. Though. Why are you guys see. bitching about this? Do you guys really have a problem with that trailer we just watched? No, what I think it's a well. It? I think it's a well-made trailer. I, I have I th- but no the, care in the world. The move. The again, I would rather see a continuation of Clint Barton as Hawkeye as opposed to him stepping away from the role. I think the trailer itself was good. And that my fa- I do like the, I thought it's a small thing, but w- I really like the Rogers, the musical bit like Hamilton. Oh, dude, you do. Yeah. I think that's, I think <laughs> that's the worst part of it. I think that's, I'll tell you, when I, I saw the funny. sign and he was outside of it, I go, okay, that's not so bad. Yeah. Then when no, they the, have the part the later number in the trailer itself. where they actually show them on stage, I was like, Oh, they're going to show it. <laughs> did, didn't, that part did not look uh, great. The poster itself, yeah. I thought, was clever. Oof. Uh, clever. So, Jeff, your your overall your overall MC's thought on the trailer? Then I I don't have a problem with it. I think it's fine. I Clint Barton is my favorite Avenger in the comics, just of all time. I really like Hawkeye. I've always hated Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. I don't. First off, he's too fucking ugly to be <laughs> Hawkeye. Um, he comes across as way too old at this point. I, 
how long can Jeremy Renner even be Hawkeye anymore? And since the MCU isn't going to recast anybody anytime soon, they want to continue the story. I actually think it is appropriate that they're going to introduce Kate Bishop. And I mean, I don't read comics anymore, so I don't know how long she's been Hawkeye. I know she's been Hawkeye for at least a few years. I think it's fine that they're introducing her. I don't have much of a stake in this since I don't watch any of the Marvel shows on Disney. I don't really even watch Disney Plus that much. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think this is fine for what it is. And as far as like the Disney Plus shows go, I don't think it's going to be the worst one. I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a tall order. For, it's going to be a tall order for anything to be worse than Loki, in my opinion. Uh, and again, well, well-made trailer. I like the. I do like the use of the, the the Christmas music as a as a backdrop. I don't know. It was a fun trailer. Mark, what what say you? It looks like some good hijinks. It looks like a father daughter show to me. I don't father know figure, anything. daughter figure. I guess mentorship. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know anything about Kate Bishop, so it. I don't understand how they got together in the beginning of that trailer. I'm gonna have to watch it again. It but looks it seems like, like she's I'm doing Hawkeye. his Ronin hey, stuff. Hey, you're Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Let's remember hang how he was Ronin during like when the world only had like half its people. Sure. And then, uh, so I don't know. We'll find out more of her backstory of why she took up that mantle since he had abandoned that. I always hated that they had Hawkeye's family in the MCU too. I'm I'm glad it has nothing to do with like his daughter because I'd be like, how the fuck did she learn how to shoot an yeah. arrow? Like he didn't he wasn't doing that stuff with her. He was constantly on missions and stuff for Shield. Yeah, that passes by I blood. just don't understand how the torch is getting picked up. I don't understand the connection yet. That's I would like to see the watch, swordsman bro. in this film. Got, got to watch or, it. Not film. <laughs> no, you're so hooked. <laughs> gonna gonna have to give it a watch. You um, do like Christmas stuff, Mark. It's I true. Do. Yeah. And it's coming out around Christmas time. And I November, like Jeremy Renner. The end of November. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. And it looks like silly hijinks. Yeah. It looks like Die Hard with some bow and arrows. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I, I don't think they're like in a building or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bridge too far, Mark. All right. Uh, we got another trailer I, w- I want to throw up there. This one is the latest Many Saints of Newark trailer. Uh, uh, to. Two biggest Soprano fans on the show, Mark and Jeff, here to talk about it. So I, I have legitimately not not watched this either. So I can't uh, wait. Let's, let's take a look. That was an uh, awful last uh, part. All right, Jeff, we'll start with you because you said you don't want them to make this movie. Yeah, uh, I don't like it. Yeah, what what don't you like? I I prequels like as a rule are kind of flawed anyway because then they start filling in gaps that don't need to be filled in. Uh, I also don't think Tony and Christopher are that different in age. I thought their age gap is only like nine years or something like that. They, because Tony and Tony B used to pick on him at the farm. Yeah, he's That's already right. like a, like he's in high school here, and Christopher's a baby. They wouldn't have that kind of contact then. He'd already be working for the mob by the time uh, Christopher's like eleven or twelve. Yeah, Marco. I don't know. I hope we see the card game they rob. Well, yeah, kids, that, I would have. Exactly. I would like that's, to see that <laughs> sort of thing. I don't know if we're going to get that here. Well, that's going to be tough to pull off, though. Like to make it as good as it's been. It's this like mythical event in the sort of Sopranos canon. So when yeah. to actually show it, I think it's not going to be able to live up to it. Yeah, because like of like all the past stories and things like that, you got to see that, and I want to see some Hesh. I like Hesh. I like Hesh too. Davis, were you in on Sopranos? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, don't watch this movie. Watch the, watch the, <laughs> watch the series I, on HBO know, Max. Seeing see the term, like, that looks like a pretty good movie. Mm-mm. Well, you know what? <laughs> Go ahead and watch it then. And then watch the show afterwards. And then I'll, yeah. 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 <laughs> watch it in order. Like Sopranos was always one of those things where people would say how good it was. And then you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'll watch that at some point. And then they kept on saying how good it was. And like, no, I'll watch that. And then that just never happened. Well, well it's still out there. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Not how, really. how many uh, Disney Plus shows have you watched, Chris? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't get those hours back. Yeah. No, no, I can't. True. <laughs> no, I can't. That's it's just good... what also irritates me about this movie is like all these people going, Dickie Moltisanti, Dickie Moltisanti. Nobody even fucking talks about him in The Sopranos. Nobody gives a shit. Like, even when somebody who's never met Christopher before meets Christopher, they don't go, you're Dickie's son? It, yeah. It's like he's completely forgotten. Only Tony ever talked about him. 
and not even like in some glorifying way i mean he just he spoke in a positive way of course and it's part of the reason why he is so close to christopher but i don't know it's so fucking dumb yeah just i i agree i agree with jeff that the prequel concept is a flawed one in general except for the star wars prequel well with the memes alone makes those worthwhile i've come around uh thanks to the, the <laughs> sequel trilogy you know what prequels <laughs> maybe weren't so bad after all uh we're gonna take a break uh on the other side davis and i will be talking about the latest episode of what if <laughs> davis you're shaking your head i hope that means that you didn't like the episode but you had time to watch it you did you watch it you didn't like it you didn't like it. Oh, you didn't did, watch it? Did you not like it or you didn't watch it? I didn't watch it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> then, a, I told you it was a busy day, man. That note, then, I guess that's just going to fucking do it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, I mean, well, I can watch it in like 30 minutes, then we can rehash it. Jim? What happened? Uh, was not good. It's what if Killmonger uh, saved Tony Stark, and it is not a good episode. So, yes, Davis didn't watch What If, so we're going to end the show right there. Have a great week, everyone. Great to have Mark <laughs> and Jeff back on the program. Davis, you, we were doing so well. You were the stalwart Chris Davis. I and now still showed up. Me. <laughs> have a great week, everyone. Remember, <laughs> if you're a nerd, always say it loud and say it proud. It's the Microphone Alchemist Bimbo Jimbo here, of course, formerly the Jedi Master, and we are so happy to be back delivering to you the nerdy content that you need to make it through your muggle work week. And we want to hear from you, Nerdosphere, so be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Zunes, or other non-name brand MP3 playing devices everywhere, or however you consume your weekly interval. Whether you agree with me that The Last Jedi was a crime against Star Wars, or that you think that my hosting warrants being mauled by a bear, leave us a five-star review, make us laugh, smile, or cry in that review, and there is a good chance that you will hear it read on a future episode of The Best Damn Nerd Show. So be sure to rate and review us. It's the best way that you can help the BDNS keep saying it loud and proud for years to come.